live by faith, everybody. We live by faith. That's what we do when we give our time and offer. So, as you did this morning, to live by faith, God is what He's about. So, let me pray over it. If you have it this morning, you bring it down. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to give as part of our worship. We praise you, we worship you, we thank you for your ever present faithfulness in the provision of our lives, the increase of our lives. So, we give our time. To Response that we give our offerings and the things you lay upon our heart. We're glad we give, we just always take steps to just leaning on you and living in you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said Bring it if you have this morning. God, I got some uh, announcements. First off, announcement from Miss Benny back there. Uh, next Saturday at 10 a.m., um, we'll be a nursing home visit at Bancraft Assisted Living. Saturday at 10. So if you're interested in that, sometime we're still not rich. One of the great things I think we do here at the church is see many about that information. And also, uh, like, like last year, um, if you're interested in, in uh, giving a Christmas card uh, for people in the nursing homes, many of you collect the notes until December 15th. And they're just general Christmas card, Americans, whatever, and then you distribute out the nursing home. So until December 15th, uh, get those to video if you want to do that. I heard the ladies, who I saw them, I heard the ladies had a great time yesterday, putting things together, so thank you for getting out and work part of that. Uh, don't forget, on December the 11th, we have a men's breakfast right here. So if you're still that, because Mike's going to be putting together breakfast for us. Uh, just so we know how many blue signs in the back there for me. So December 11th, uh, men's breakfast. And what do we do? We'll be talking about some guy stuff. So just come and be part of that. Um, next Sunday, uh, so we have our normal time and offering. Once a year, we take up uh, a Thanksgiving offering at Thanksgiving time. And it is a free will offering. Only the Lord puts something on your heart. But every year, this Thanksgiving offering we designated towards something, a need in the church. Um, so next Sunday is the Thanksgiving offering. Now, for some reason, you're not here to forget. Uh, you can turn it in later. But we'll have uh, envelopes for that Wednesday and next Sunday. And this year, the Thanksgiving offering, we're going to start saving towards replacing a roof. Because um, it's not in, in disrepair now, but we're just going to get ahead of the and uh, whatever it could be. So, uh, so next Sunday, we'll start that collection. So again, we'll put something on your heart to give. So not, and that's okay too, but uh, don't forget next Sunday for Thanksgiving offering. So we got Wednesday uh, church normally this week. Then the following week is Thanksgiving already. How many of y'all love Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah. By the way, we were able to help some families out for Thanksgiving, which is really cool. So, uh, thank you for uh, giving us some names. We were able to bless them a little bit to help their Thanksgiving meal. But anyways, week of Thanksgiving, Wednesday church is not Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. We're moving up at night. People travel. They're starting to get ready. So we call it Turkey Tuesday. So uh, no Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. So if you forget that, you can come and look in the windows at church and find the floor here. So having said that, Anyways, thanks, Andy. So if you got your Bible, go ahead and get it out. And uh, we're going to start a new series today. Now, this series um, is going to be the next three weeks. And actually, Wednesday night will be kind of so. So the message this morning uh, is mostly that I need to finish it up on Wednesday. 
because it was just a bit much. I didn't want to do it all in one service. So Wednesday, I'm going to finish up the message from this morning. Then next week, we part two, then the week after, uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving, part three of this. But I, I just wanted to, man, take some time over this month and just reconfirm something to all of you, okay? One of the main big things we find in the Bible is the fact that God is faithful. Amen. 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 And with the faithfulness of God is the fact that God is good. Amen. Amen. And, and probably the only Pentecostal call and, and return that we have in liturgy is God is good. And we're working on in liturgy with the Pentecostal church. Anyways. So God is good because God is faithful. And we believe that. And we stand firm in that. And I want to talk to you today about the provision of God. And next week, uh, what it means to rest content in Him, and then the following week, what it means to be a giver because of God's provision. So today, the provision of God. So some basic uh, foundational theme that we see in the Scripture. Because God is faithful, because God is good, God is the God of provision. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me just start with this big picture idea before we go to Exodus uh, chapter number 16. So, you just open the very first page of your, of your Bible, and you find in the very first sentence, in the beginning, God created. And the first two chapters of Genesis, we see that the story of the creation of what we know to be, and, and it, it's not necessarily the big scientific how-to, as much as it is the who, and the what, and then the why. That, that's, the, that's the reason. Okay? So in the beginning, God created. We know he created for six days, and on the seventh day he rested, right? But in the big picture of creation, what day did God actually create man in his image? What day was that? Day what? Six. Okay? So notice in all the creation, man was made at the end. So everything God made came before him, and one of the reasons that Everything God made came before him because God set up provision for man before he made man. Okay. He made all these things. He made the animals. He made, he made the, the trees. He made the, 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 the things that grow. He made the crops. He made all the stuff that we see. Then he makes man. He creates, and, and, and you got to think about this. When we think of creation, we think about the earth itself. He creates the cosmos. I mean, big, giant pictures. As far as you can see everything you can't see, he made it, right? Yeah. Then he made it this planet, a place for man to be and to live and to multiply and simply cover the earth, right? But before he makes man to do that, he provides the provision for man to be. The provision of God always goes before us. Amen. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've learned to do being, being, I'm an outdoors guy, so whenever I'm outdoors, eventually, if I'm out for a while, it always strikes me about the creation of God and the wonder of it. You know what I'm talking about? 
So you can see the sun rise, the sun set, you'd be out in the woods, you're surrounded by trees, and you can see uh, uh, the, the, the fields that the farmers are growing, and, and, and they're reaping of it, that's part of the cycle of what God's made. And you see this wonder of this creation, just know that everything you see outside is a continual miracle of the original, in the beginning, God created. It has never stopped. And it's been ongoing the entire time that we've been here. How many thousands of years, whatever you want to do to calculate that. However long man has been around, the miracle of the provision of God that he created before he made man has been ongoing and it doesn't stop, it's not going to stop. The provision that God has for us always goes before us. That's a big picture understanding of the provision of God. Which, by the way, let me just throw this out. This is another narrative, another thought. But um, what is the first vocation that God gives to man? In dominion. Care of what? What he made. And you can politicize that whole thing. Bottom line is we're responsible. He gave us dominion over the earth. Yep. And we're stewards of it. We're to be good stewards of everything that's in our hands. Amen. Everything we come in contact with, we're to be good stewards of it. And that's big picture, that's also personal, right? But God creates in such a way to provide for his prized creation, which is man. You and me. It has never stopped. So when you look at God as faithful, and God is good, what flows from that, because God creates because of love, that God does not create what he does not provide for. Amen. Amen. That would be sort of unfair. <laughs> to the point that not only does he provide for us, but he also provides for the animals and everything that he created. God is a good creator, and provision comes with his creation. Yes. Amen. We stand at that. That's a big picture. So God is good. God is faithful, and God, I guess you, depending on the time, the seasons, things that are happening in our world, God never stops doing what he started in the very beginning. Never stops. Never ceases. He doesn't forget about it, the process starts to slow down, and all you got to do is look at the ongoing growth and creation that he started in the very beginning. If that's ongoing, then he hasn't forgotten, nor, nor is it going to stop. God is our provider. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, if you don't catch anything else I say the rest of the day, this is a very simple, but it's a very important understanding of who God is. You can write down big capital letters on something. God is my provider, period. End of story. That statement works no matter the time frame of history. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's happening uh, just in your local uh, area, God is my provider. And part of living in faith is living in that. Right. Well, sometimes when man gets in trouble is we try to think that I've got to take care of it myself. I'm just not sure God's going to hold up his end of the deal. Does God always hold up his end of the deal? Yes. Oh my goodness, he's provided and he's going to do that. So, kind of, kind, of a, a, kind of a story we want to jump in on. Exodus chapter 16. And we find the great story of the Israelite exit, exodus out of Egypt. Um, 
and we know the story of Pharaoh and Moses and Aaron, the plagues and all this different stuff. So Israel has come out of Egypt. But by the way, how did Israel end up in Egypt in the first place? Did, did the Egyptians come find did this group of, of nomad <coughs> shepherding people and grab them and capture them? No. Joseph went before in some a crazy story about what his brothers did to him. That wasn't nice, was it? And he ends up so it is captive, and then through the working of God, he ends up second in command of Egypt. But what was the purpose of it? Because there was a famine coming. And in the wisdom of God, Joseph, uh, in his wisdom, set things up so uh, Egypt and the surrounding areas were saved from this famine. But the reason Israel ended up in Egypt in the first place was because of provision. That's how they got there. Joseph's family ended up there so they could be provided for. Then, then over, over time and, and the expansion and growth of Israel, some things happened, and, and the leaders of Egypt forgot about that story, so uh, Israelites end up being slaves in Egypt, and God hears their cry and does the miracles of sending Moses there, and they come out of Egypt, right? So they find themselves out of Egypt, so it's sort of where we're picking up here. Let's go to uh, verse number 3. So God did all these wonderful things, and then, of course, as people have, have a tendency to do, the, the Israelite people started to complain. <coughs> and the people of Israel said to them, Moses and so forth, would that we had died by the hands of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by meat pots and ate bread to the full, we have brought us out in this wilderness to kill us, to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So, this massive group of people leaves Egypt, and now they're out there, and all of a sudden they go, wait a minute, what are we going to get to eat? Where's our provision here? And then, I don't know about you, and I think it's easy to look back and criticize, but they saw all these incredible miracles, the plagues that happened. Egypt is the most... Uh, the, the strongest nation in the world at that time. And they literally left without fighting any battle. God did it for them. All the incredible things that happened. And they're not long past this whole thing. They start, wow, we just rather stay there and die. Because we had something to eat there. And they start grumbling against the God who brought them out through all these miracles. I don't know about you. I would think that maybe the, the, the lessons would start kicking. Well, God did that. Well, I'm guessing that he's going to be able to do something here, but they were forgetting that death way. And so here's Moses' reply, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, in other words, live in faith in him, whether they will walk in my law or not. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So in other words, because seventh day rest, they gather twice as much from the sixth day to provide for the seventh day. And also then jump down to verse 12. So we, we have what's called manna being talked about there. And again, I've heard the grumbling of the people of Israel, God is saying this, and say to them, At twilight you shall eat me, in the morning you shall be filled with bread, then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God shows himself faithful in his provision for his people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, here's a miracle. So they're going to wake up in the morning, 
and it's going to look, and you keep reading this, it's going to be like there's dew on the ground. But really, God is raining down this stuff called manna from heaven. They get to gather it up. Enough for a day. And in the evening, the quail come in. They're able to gather up. So the morning bread and the evening meat is what God provided. Absolute miracle of God. But there's something that's pretty interesting here that's sort of the reason why I'm reading this. Go down to verse 18. Exodus 16:18. But when they measured it with the elders, how much they were supposed to take, whoever gathered had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till morning and, and bred worms and stank, and Moses became angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. So what was happening here was they were only supposed to gather what they could eat that particular day. Yeah. Except the sixth day, gathered enough for the seventh day. <clears throat> if they gathered more than they could eat in that particular day, they kept it overnight. By the morning, it was rotted, breeding worms in it. <clears throat> it's pretty interesting here that God would not let the Israelites gather more than what they could <clears throat> gather in a single day. Lest they start to lose their dependence upon him. It is pretty interesting there that God, in his wonderful provision, never provided in such a way that they did not need him. Right? Because it constantly kept them within God's plan and his will. <clears throat> Again, man has a tendency to want to lean on himself. Yes. Make his own decisions. Make up for what they think they're lacking and what God may be doing. We try to provide for ourselves. We're going to talk about what that means in just a little bit. But the point is this. God is faithful. Amen. God is good. God is our provider. But his provision can never be something that causes us to turn away from him to ourselves. Amen. 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 See what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, so we're going to read in just a minute in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew. We're going to be... A lot of you are very familiar with what we're about to go. So let me just say this. So, my wife and I, we have a savings. We have a retirement account. We're, we're, invest, we're, we're in some investments, okay? Um, that does not mean that I should not do those things in the story. But what it means is that I should never fully just rely on these kind of things that I'm not relying upon God as my provider. That each and every day I look to him as the one who is my sustainer. Amen. Amen. It goes back to in the beginning God created. If God didn't create, you would have nothing. He could have put man on a barren planet and just said, I hope you guys make it, kind of kick you out the door a little bit and say, good luck, try to make something of this thing I made. No, no. God is always before us. Therefore, God is the one who is leading us. He's the one who's guiding us. So part of staying in the will of God stays in the provision of God. The Israelites could have rebelled and said, forget y'all, we're going back to Egypt. And went back into slavery just so they could feel like they had a sure meal every day. Maybe even in abundance. But God is saying, look, 
in the midst of my goodness, in the midst of my provision, don't ever lose sight of who I am in this situation. Because you know that God in his provision actually provides for those who don't believe in him too? You know that? That's the goodness of God. It's not like, well, the only the Christians or the Jewish people, the, the principle of sowing and reaping and farming works for them. Everybody else doesn't work. You sow, but nothing grows for you. Right? The, the, it's not like when the rain comes, it only rains on the sections of land where people who believe live, and everybody else is too dry. No, the, as Jesus says in talking about loving your enemy, I mean, God sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. His provision of love comes for everybody, but as those who believe learn how to lean on him and look at him and know where it comes from. And in that, what we'll talk about next week, that that provision never gets to a place in our life where it should not be, where it becomes an idol. Where we start serving money instead of God. So God is my provider, and he will do the wondrous works of the provider, but we as receiving his provision, must always keep him in the place that he is. Because everything in this earth is his. It belongs to him. So even when I work hard and earn something, it still comes from him. Amen. God's my provider. He will never cease to work in provision in my life. I believe that. And by the way, when the Israelites get to the promised land after they crossed over and they started to eat of the land, the provision of man and quail stopped. He provided all the way up to the promised land and they crossed over and they started to eat of the goods of the land and then his provision just stopped because they came into a new kind of provision. You know, it's very symbolic of what's to come. You know, right? There is a promised land. And God will provide as he provides, and then when we get to that place, it's going to be a whole new kind of provision, but God's provision never stops. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and actually entirely forever. And his provision will always be. So we stand in that provision, understanding it's coming from him, but yet we live in this world where sometimes it gets hard. And I'll be honest with you, uh, American uh, society, it, the American dream, right, is achievement. It, it, it's, it is uh, maybe growing a business and, and uh, doing good things in that and, and providing and building up a nice savings and have a good place to live and a nice car to drive. And nothing is really wrong with any of that. <coughs> but when we live that way, we have a tendency to fall in some time where things may not be working the way we want it to. And they're struggling. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, or there could be something happening in society that causes the question, the provision that, that we can live upon. Well, Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 19. And things can start happening in life where we kind of forget about what we just talked about, that God... In his goodness, provision goes before us. God in his goodness will always be our provider if we in fact focus on him and not lose sight of who he is in the situation. So Matthew chapter 6 and, and verse number 19. 
Jesus kind of gets to an attitude of the heart of people who believe in him. He said, do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth. For moth and rust destroy it, and thieves break in the steel. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where neither where thieves do break in the steel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now that is big. Because it's easy to get caught up in greed. And it's easy to get caught up in trying to live a materialistic life. That is, you put it this way, that is a good life equals having lots of stuff. Right? So let me, let me give you a, a scenario. Maybe we've thrown a scenario out before. You got house A right here, it's a big house, 3,000 square feet. Lots of land. In the driveway sits a nice boat and two rather new cars. Well managed through the front yard. Lots of good looking uh, uh, trees and flowers and bushes. Landscaping looks nice. Go one block down the road and you have a, a rundown trailer. No boat in the yard. Car here that runs, another car here that doesn't. <laughs> Landscaping doesn't look so nice. We would think that this is the better life based on worldly standards. Because we're worried about laying up treasure on earth. Well, for all we know, that there's physical abuse happening in this family, there's maybe a, a drug issue, I don't know, there could be all sorts of problems. And over here is a God-fearing family that's just in a tough time right now, or maybe this is okay. Nothing wrong with this. That's right. see, see, material status in the kingdom of God means not much. That's right. Amen. Yeah. When you get confused about that, this turns into what faith is about. Having things. And all of a sudden, God needs to be, in his goodness, the provider of these kind of things. And it sort of gets out of whack. See, if our treasure is in heaven, we know our eternal reward is there, we'll be kingdom-minded here. Now, it's not to say this is wrong or sinful or anything like that. And it's not to say that, that this person, this family over here, isn't looking to maybe have something like this. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that as long as things don't get out of whack and God, who is our provider, stays that. And what it means to live in the kingdom stays what it is and doesn't become something else. Amen. Because where your treasure is in heaven dictates how you live here. What you think about the life to come means a lot about how you live the life here. So when you are just about chasing having this life, you have a tendency to miss the kingdom life. Yeah, man. That's right. <laughs> like Jesus said, you know, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that wasn't, that wasn't mis misspeaking on his part. The reason is because those who are rich have a tendency to be very self-reliant. <coughs> very self-dependent. 
very much not, I earn this, I'm going to keep earning it, I can do this myself versus leaning on God. And remembering his place, because even when you have this, it still came from him. Amen. Amen. So don't start yourself treasured on earth. That, that's not the focus of life. Verse 22. The eye is a lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light is in you as darkness, how great is that darkness? So it's making an a, a example here of even if something seems to be good, but on the inside it's not, it turns out to be not. So in other words, no one can serve two masters. If you would hate the one and love the other, if you would be devoted to one and despise the other, you can't serve both God and money. So in other words, storing up treasure in heaven versus storing up treasure on earth is a treasure dictating the fact that you're serving God and not money. My treasure's there, it's not here, I'm not going to serve this, I'm going to serve that. <clears throat> My focus is serving God. Yes. And we'll talk about next week about contentment, that money, though not bad, is in the right place in my life. In other words, my entire life is not driven by achievement and having money and having things. You know, whoever the provider is in your family, you can worry about providing so much that you lost your family because you're never home. Yeah. You see what I mean? <clears throat> that driving force of having and achieving just takes over. Don't serve that. Serve the God in heaven whose treasure takes you to treasure in heaven. In other words, how you live now means everything. As a matter of fact, so much so that watch what Jesus goes on to say. Therefore, because of this, therefore, <laughs> don't be anxious about your life. What you eat, what you drink, nor about your body, what you want. <clears throat> Is not life more important than food? and the body more important than clothing. Now, we all want to eat, and I hope you don't walk around naked, all right? So, you want food, and you have clothes to wear. Amen. But Jesus is saying, look, there's bigger things happening here. Don't be anxious about those things because God is your provider. As a matter of fact, it's what he goes on to say. So look at the birds of the air. They don't sow nor reap nor gather the barbs, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are <clears throat> you not much more valuable than they? And which of you can, can, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is Today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you of you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious to say, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, in other words, those who do not believe in God, seek after these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God takes care of the birds. He's the one that created the grass to grow in the first place. It's still the ongoing miracles that never stops. 
If God takes care of these things, how much more will he take care of you? Don't be anxious about it. Now, I understand. Sometimes we hit some hard times. Seasons of life, we have to make decisions. I get it. But the reason is when people talk to me, when they get in these situations, I go, hey, hey, hey. You're going to be all right. It's because the God who created provision that goes before us in the beginning, the God who we rely, we rely on, the God who takes care of the sparrow and makes sure the grass grows, the same God's going to take care of you no matter the situation you're in. Amen. I don't care what the situation is, it doesn't cancel the provisions of God. Amen. And then you, sometimes we see things, we've got to step back and go, but this is what the Word says. You want to know the will of God? Start right here. And God's will says, I will provide for you. Yes. <clears throat> and you never back off that. Amen. Well, it's a little hard. I get it. But don't step away from this. Yes. I got to make some decisions. I get it. But don't step back from this. Don't be anxious. Right. Don't worry. Don't think, don't think you got to make up for God's lack. Oh, boy. You start doing that, and you're going to end up in a mess. So sometimes we think, I'm going to live by faith. You live by faith, but faith is in what God has said, not faith when you make something up. Yeah. Faith is in God and what he has said. Yeah. You, you jump out on faith without a God said, you're going to have a mess. Yeah. When we talk about living by faith, that's great, but, but it's got to be in what he has said. So my faith starts in, I believe God's my provider. Yeah. And I will never back off from faith and believe in that. God will provide. Amen. And I don't need to make up for his provision. He's not going to forget me. He's not going to forget my family. I mean, he takes care of that little sparrow that flies around sometimes, runs into the window. Why would he do that? I don't know. He loves the bird. How much more does he love you? Amen? Amen. Now, three things then. Oh, by the way, let me just say, seek first the kingdom. So in that, in that narrative, he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things with that verse. The key to biblical interpretation is context. You can take a verse out of the Bible and say a whole lot about it. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with what it means. Sure. Context. The context of seek first the kingdom is the not seeking material gain. That's what it's talking about. Don't store treasure on earth. Seek his kingdom first. Don't worry about what God's going to do in provision for you. Seek his kingdom first. Amen. He's going to take care of you so you can seek the kingdom first. Amen. And that is righteousness. And all this stuff that you think you need, that you got chased, he's going to add to you anyway. Food and clothes and all the other stuff. He's going to help. <clears throat> that enables you to seek treasure in heaven first. That's seeking his kingdom first. That's the context of that verse. So don't be anxious about life. What we do then, three things. A, we pray. Remember Jesus taught us to pray right before this. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now watch, remember the prayer. Give us this day what? Amen. Our daily bread. We pray for the provision of God to be asked in our life. Amen. Amen. And then notice that daily bread is drawing on Exodus. 
daily bread. Provide for me uh, the message Bible, Gene Peterson. Provide three square meals a day for me, Lord, when I leave my family. We pray today. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray. That, that, that's the life of faith. That was right there. You were saying, I depend on you. And I will never forget that. You are my provider. Give us a share of your Second thing we do is then, a couple verses here. Second Thessalonians 3 10. Jump there real quick. We'll close out in just a couple minutes here. Second Thessalonians 3 10. Oh, 
this great scene of judgment of the nation he separates sheep from goat. The righteous are judged on when you help people that were in need. Is the big picture of judgment just helping people in need? So what we do is understand that God, our provider, is we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We work and put our hands to what God has given us. Then when we see somebody in need, we help them because provision also then means an avenue to help somebody else. <coughs> there you have the Christian life in money. God is my provider. I'm going to work hard. And for those that are struggling and those that can't, whatever their situation is, we're going to help them out. That's what we do. Amen. That's life right there. God's going to take care of you. Part of it is taking care of those in need that through the people that believe in him help. There's this whole thing about, and we'll get to this next week, when Jesus said, your life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. He's talking about somebody having so much they should build bigger barns to hold, hold their extra. He's saying, no, 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 no. Be rich towards God. Overflowing your life is not so you can just say, hey, look at my life, look how great it is. I got all this stuff. And then you're just like, yeah, that's a lot of treasure on earth. It's, it's just going to eventually fade away. What you do with your injuries means everything. Amen. Amen. Means everything. So I want you today to have confidence in the God who provides. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Whatever God has put in your hand as far as work, work hard. But it should not overtake your life. Then as you have provision, you see somebody in need, help them. Help them. Whatever you can do, help them. And in that, the love of God is flowing through you to somebody else. Amen? Amen. Alright. So, Wednesday, we're going, to, we're going to follow up with this story of the loaves and the fish, how time that happened in the gospel. We're going to talk about that and what that meant at that moment. Next Sunday, we're going to start off with something Paul already said. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We're going to talk about what it means to be content. That, that did this whole provision thing. Then we're going to talk in, in a couple weeks about tithe and offering and why that is kingdom work. Amen? So we're going to close out with, with communion today. So guys are going to and gals that are table down. <coughs> so when we talk about provision, this is the greatest provision of all, right here. Provision of the salvation of our souls. So, the importance of this is that, that you, can, you can chase material provision so much that you think that's really what God is about when you forget this. Because this is the greatest provision you can have in your life. Forgiveness of your sins. And eternal life. And it's found right here. So God is the God who provides. He's also the God who comes and dies for us. And he provides for you. And he provides a way out of your mess, of the sin of your life. And 
being lost. No way to say it. But he comes and provides the way back to the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the kingdom he set up in his teaching is miracles and his crucifixion and his resurrection. That is what it's all about. We close out today. We just depend on my having come down and take the elements back to the sequel. We'll pray and take it together. No matter what you find yourself in, this is the most important thing. He has saved your soul. He has forgiven you of this. And there's no better thing that you can have than eternal life with him. No better thing. That's, that's why it don't matter what you consider your financial situation. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter what kind of place you live in. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes you wear. Right? This is the greatest thing. Amen? So, so if you would come on down, you come down to Central Island and kind of culture around the side. You don't have to participate if you want to. You can come grab the elements and come back to the seat.
that you are the great provider of all things, and most importantly, the forgiveness of our sins. So we thank you for physically dying on that cross, willingly going to that cross. We, as Philippians 2 says, obedient to death, even death on the cross. We stand here. We thank you for it. So we remember your body crucified for us. And with the crucified body was shed blood. The shed blood to forgiveness of our sins. We simply thank you. We thank you for what your shedding of your blood means for us. Each one of us. So Lord, as we partake together and remember this act, we live in a wonderful freedom, expression, and thanksgiving and worship and joy of the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we thank you and we do worship you. Let's partake of the cup together. Close out this. Just, just raise your hands up and worship me for a minute. We praise you, Jesus. And we worship you. We thank you. For all that you have done and for all that you will continue to do, that we are never out of your sight, we're never out of your mind, but we're always right in the middle of what you have for us. And I pray for wisdom to, to stay there. Walk in your provision, not rely on ourselves, not rely on different circumstances, not relying on, on man's wisdom, but living in who you are, our great life. So we worship you today. We praise you and lift you for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you.